0: The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast is sponsored in part by Holy Grail Clothing Company, an American lifestyle brand presented by the Regal Brand Incorporated. Discover high-quality handcrafted essentials from their collections for men, women, and children. Podcast subscribers can take 15% off their entire purchase with discount code That's HEARDTHAT15. That's heardthat one 5 when they shop the virtual retail store at HolyGrailClothingCompany.com. That's HolyGrailClothingCO.com. Holy Grail Clothing Company, wear your crown. I absolutely love doing volunteer service. I have met the most amazing people and some extraordinary kids as well. The cool thing that kids will always ask for when I am volunteering is books, if we have books available for them to take home because their passion and love for reading. There's an amazing author out there by the name of Trevor Romain who has such cool books for kids that are fun and awesome with simple stories that kids can relate to and parents as well. The Trevor and Romaine Company has a diverse collection of social and emotional learning resources to help children and their families become healthier, happier, and more confident. All heard that, listeners? If you go on trevorromaine.com today, you get an exclusive 15% off your complete order by using the code HEARDTHAT, HEARDTHAT15 at trevorromaine.com. Trevor Romaine, no E at the end of Romaine. Dot com today what's up heard that nation listening in the united states and around the world you are listening now to the heard that with marisa tigney podcast if you are watching on youtube which i suggest you do because of today's guest is going to be amazing uh click that subscribe button tell everybody about this amazing youtube series that i got going on I suggest that you listen to it on uh, the podcast and then also check it out on YouTube streams because this guest that I have here today, many people have followed him and the most comments that I've got when I read uh, where he is going is that people wish they were in his suitcase because he is truly a world traveler. Uh, He is a social media contributor on CBS, The Insider. His tweets and posts have been on The Talk, The View and the Oprah Winfrey Network, just to name a few. He has been a social media correspondent on Entertainment Tonight and on the red carpet for the BET Awards. He writes, he has his own amazing web series, 3LWTV. He's an advocate. He's a friend. He's a brother. And I believe undercover, even though I'm going to try to make him admit it, I believe that he is the other best friend of Oprah Gail Winfrey. Everybody, please welcome Lionel Williams to the Heard That Podcast. Hello, my dear friend. <laughs> Hello, Marie. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you're channeling her. That was so okay. well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is such an honor to be here, and I love what you're doing. I love your platform. I love your passion, especially your passion. Even though I'm not a sports fanatic, I love your passion for sports because it's like, you know, she, like, like maybe get get me excited about stuff that I don't even care about. So I love that. I love that you are like so passionate about that and I love what you're doing. Thank
0: you, I appreciate that. I, I love what you're doing. And like I said, many people that follow you on Twitter and on Instagram um, think that they know where you are. It's like kind of the game of where in the world is Carmen San Diego? It's like where in the world is Lionel Williams going to be next? And people that are planning their last minute vacations because I didn't realize it here in Texas, many of these kids are going back to school next week. They will be in school. So it's usually the mid to late August where people are planning their last minute trips, when people are planning their last minute trips, like right now. I like what you do when you are traveling, um, that when people that are following you, and I I believe that everybody should after uh, listening to today's uh, podcast episode and watching it on YouTube, I just feel that when you're traveling now, Lionel, that, you are embracing where you're at. There's a difference, and you, you can clarify for me, there's a difference between someone being a tourist and someone going to somewhere, a different place, a different space, different country, time zone, whatever, where they're going in and they're fully taking in the moment, fully embracing where they're at. So tell me about how you um, just started your love for traveling and going to all these places that you've been to.
2: Uh, I think of the seed for travel that was planted by my grandmother when I was a kid, she mm-hmm. used to take me on road trips. She and my granddad would take me. They like to drive everywhere across mm-hmm. country. So I, I didn't know better than even though I did a little flying as a kid, mm-hmm. but I did cross country road trips with them. And I just loved like going to the Grand Canyon and getting back to school and, you know, the teacher might be talking about this thing. I was like, oh yeah, that's where I went this summer. And, da, 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 da. and it just it just broadened my perspective. So that seed was planted very early on. Uh, and it was probably though in my mid twenties when I started traveling internationally.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the more that I did, it, it was first, actually one of the main things that I liked about traveling internationally initially mm-hmm. was, was the way I was treated as a black person outside of America. Y'all oh, ain't wow. ready for that conversation. <laughs> Oh, no, go ahead. Go there. Go there. But um, but really, a lot of times when I was traveling, it was like it it was like I was welcomed and celebrated in all of these spaces. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, well, wait a minute. You're not following me. You know, I walk into the the five star hotel and they're like, Mr. Williams, welcome. And they're not even a five star back then. It was it was not even five star. It was like maybe three or four. Mm -hmm. But anyway, but the people were always like welcoming and happy to see you and they wanted to they wanted to talk to you. It was like, if you went shopping, people were eager to help you and not not just to help you, but to get an opportunity to know you and chat with you, as opposed to, am I being followed around the store because I'm looking suspect? Mm -hmm. So that was one of the initial joys that I liked about traveling internationally uh, in my mid twenties. I was like, this is kind of cool. Right. Um, but, uh, the more that I did it and the more that I got out and into these different countries and to watch the media outside of America, it was like it was just like my my mind was just expanding and expanding and expanding. It's like oh my goodness, we have such a narrow, limited scope. We think we have everything, but right, you know right. our images, uh, you know, are curated and our news is curated, and it's that they want you to have a you know to see a, a specific thing,
3: yeah,
2: item or whatever. Um, so you're not getting a comprehensive view. So that was one of the things I loved about traveling is how it was opening my mind and maybe, and I I grew up in California in a very diverse area, you know, Mm -hmm. the Bay area, So I was kind of used to different cultures, Mm -hmm. but to actually go to some of these places, it's like, well, you know, that's not the that's not the stereotype that or or the ignorance that I had in the back of my head about yeah. of this particular culture. That's not what I'm experiencing here. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the, the greatest joys um, for me. And I have just been nonstop ever since. I was like, I need to find me a job that's gonna help me travel. And then when I'm not traveling for work, I'm gonna travel for pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> and all these years later, I'm still doing it.
0: If some of the places that you've been has just been absolutely extraordinary. And I know you probably get this asked all the time. Where has where has been your favorite, favorite, all-time favorite place to visit?
2: Right. So I don't have, yeah, I do get that question a lot, but I don't have uh, an all-time, a singular all-time favorite place. Now, as far, but I've got a couple of favorites for different reasons. And mm-hmm. so, um for man-made creativity and architecture and just like over the top fun, it's Dubai for me, hands down. Mm-hmm. I, I love visiting there just because it's it's just, um, I marvel at what they just build out in the desert and not mm-hmm. because they need it, but because they can. It's like, okay, yeah. you've got all this land, but you want to build an island out, you want to build a whole city out on the sea because you can, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So, <laughs> so yeah. that's one of my favorites. Uh, as far as, like, nature and, uh, like, really being in my Zen moments, uh, I really adore Costa Rica for that.
3: Oh, okay. uh, it's
2: just something about the people that I love down there, um, the rainforests, uh, just being at one, communing with God, and just just really getting centered. I really do that a lot uh, in Costa Rica. Um, as far as historical ancestral connection, I love Ghana. I love the people there. I mean, I've got a network of friends there, but I also love the pow- the empowered feeling that I get when I go back and pay homage to the ancestors. I uh, love when you
0: visit Ghana. Oh. For me, for me, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. For me, when you visit Ghana in that, in that space, in, in that, in that beautiful country, because your your pictures that you make it, you make it more than just about the photos. For me and I believe I've commented I mentioned it to you it's like a history class of what you teach from the photo um with you in so many places that you visit I think that you have the gift of teaching about where you are but also broadening the mental of everyone that is following with you it's not just you traveling these places oh my gosh the people the food the sites and everything else there's a history, there's a backstory to it. There is the people that have been there their whole entire lives, born and raised in that particular city, in that particular country. There's a story you are telling,
2: I believe, through them. I mean- And I try to do that because I want my, the whole reason that I I like to share is -hmm. because I wanna inspire people to, Mm -hmm. to, to expand their minds, expand their horizons. And yeah, you're gonna see things because you're gonna see things that I enjoy because I'm gonna go to places that I enjoy or, or try to do activities that I enjoy. But at some point, I hope I, I hope to find something historical, something local, some type of connection that lets you see how this particular culture or this particular area. Mm -hmm. has influence on your life today Mm -hmm. so whether it be through the food sometimes it's through the architecture um sometimes it's through just the historical sites all of these things are connected and that's what i like um without being overt about it because i'm not here trying to be a history teacher or tell you what your experience should be in these places but this is my experience and this is what, and th- this is what I've been taught historically has happened here, and how does that mm-hmm. play into you know, and it? And I want your mind to wander and right. think and become a little more curious. So I appreciate you saying that um, because it is such an honor to be able to, to do this, mm-hmm. but it's even more of an honor and a responsibility yeah. that people are following it and watching it and um, being inspired by it. Because, you know, why are these things important? Because, you know, nobody's ever telling you it from from an American point of view, they're telling you to go to Europe, maybe south america but nobody's telling you to go to africa if you Mm -hmm. do maybe go to the little safari over there but they're not telling you to go to some of these other countries because they've already curated this negative image of the continent Mm -hmm. that that does not reflect the reality whatsoever in my experience Mm -hmm. um in media so you so but so you have to go and you have to see for yourself yeah so that's that's what i've i've been able to do and And like I said, it's a responsibility, but Mm -hmm. it's such an honor that people do uh, follow it and are inspired by it. And nothing pleases me more than when somebody else goes somewhere and they experience something and they travel and they share it with me. Oh my goodness, yes. That's exactly how this is supposed to work.
0: I love the connectivity that you have with people that, you know, everyday people, and then people that are well-known actresses, actors, Uh, those that, uh, you know, have that huge platform that follow you as well and see where you travel to. And I think one of the ones that got so much attention that I've seen um, not only you comment, but also Oprah showcased it when she had her, uh, I think she did a little thing on like 15, 20 minutes of the 60 minutes. She had a section on there where she went to and correct me uh, and educate me where you were at, but it had, and, and I just see the image and i'm I'm trying not to get emotional, but when I saw it on t v and then I saw you visit it, and several other people that are well known actors and actresses visit and see it with their eyes, it was the place where they had all the names on the stones of the slaves
2: um, I mean I'm losing uh, words no, right
0: you, was it, Wait, it was maybe. people it was people that were um, Oh my goodness. It was it was just like pillars of people that were they were either slaves and and their names were engraved in the stones. Um, right.
2: But um then they weren't enslaved, but you're you're talking about the lynching memorial in that, was Alabama. That, right. was so that was it. That was it. That was it. Right. So they finally yes. like, they were able to name at least like four thousand or five yes, thousand people it. that were lynched. That was and, lynched. And yet, yes. That were, and I, you're right, I saw that on 60 Minutes because of course, Oprah got to it before it opened. So she was yeah. able to do the, the exclusive. Mm-hmm. And then I went the opening weekend mm-hmm. and another life-changing, uh, just- How did you life feel change. in that
0: moment walking through? Because you saw it on 60 Minutes just like many of us have saw it on 60 Minutes. And then you went there. Right. Take us through what your emotions were when you went there. Because like I said, that to me, seeing that on 60 Minutes and seeing your photos And then you, again, this is your gift. You have a gift of like, you know, being a tour guide slash teacher mashed up in one. And you give us a sense of this is the the unfortunate, unthinkable, horrific thing that happened to these Black bodies, these Black souls of people that did exist and how they were treated. Right. Just, oh,
2: just... Walking through that that day, it was raining. The day we went, because there's a there's a museum too that's in conjunction with the memorial. They're on separate sites, mm-hmm. and the museum traces uh, slavery uh, to the modern prison pipeline,
3: mm-hmm. you know, and how
2: it's all related. How, how slavery, how basically, prison system today is modern day slavery. Mm-hmm. But it traces all of that in the museum, and then you go over to the memorial, which is which has all of the columns, and. Like I said, it was raining that day, right? You were asking how I was feeling walking in there. I knew it was going to be a heavy, powerful moment. That was the whole reason for me going there. To I wanted to just speak a few names, basically. Yeah. And it was raining. And I remember like standing under the shelter like, well, I don't feel like walking out here in the rain. You know, I don't really have an umbrella. Well, actually, mm-hmm. we did. My friend, uh, Arande, I had two friends with me. And one of them had, a, had an umbrella, but there were three of us, right? And I'm like, we're you know I'm getting wet and I'm complaining about all this. And i and I had to stop and check myself. I was like, okay, wait a minute. How many of these bodies hung out here in the rain without the comfort of an umbrella?
3: Mm-hmm. Get over
2: yourself. Mm-hmm. So I marched right through the rain out to the out to the platform. And the platform the way it is when you when you start there are all these columns with names and they have the count the states and the counties within the states and then mm-hmm. the names of people that were lynched there and they're at eye level right when you walk in and then as you walk through the whoops, sorry sorry about that as you walk through the memorial mm-hmm. <laughs> as you walk through the memorial uh it it descends, right? So you, the walkway goes down. So now it looks like the, the columns are rising. So when you get to the bottom, it looks like all the people are hanging, basically. Mm. I mean, it, it's a very remarkable visual. And at first I just felt overwhelmed, like, no, this this could, couldn't be this many people. Mm-hmm. And, and then I saw the county that I live in, in Atlanta, I saw where lynching happened here. And it was like oh two names. Gosh. And I just thought, whoa, that's where, you know, that's the that's the land I'm living on. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I spoke those names and it was just a very powerful moving exhibit. And as my two friends were with me, we kind of separated because everybody just had to have their own,
3: yeah,
2: you know, you had to have your own space in that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we just took time. We went through it at different uh, levels and occasionally we would meet up and kind of Decompress for a moment, and then round the corner and go down to the next level. But um, as painful as it is, once again, it's so empowering. It's the same feeling that I had coming out of the dungeons in Africa. It's like, you know what? If I, if just a little tiny fraction of that strength and resilience resides in me, I'm going to be all right. Right. And so that was that. So when I leave those situations, I'm always. I always feel more empowered. More respectful mm-hmm. uh, and more honored, actually, that I was able to pay homage to these to these ancestors. So, I highly recommend it. It's a deep, heavy thing to experience at first, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you, on the other side of it, you'll be changed for the better.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And that's it. And that to me. When you had your photos up and you just took us through where you were at and the purpose, and you speak in their names, and I want you to clarify that because again, I read through people's stuff and, and, and their posts and everything else. And, and people had said, "He goes, well, what, what's the purpose of saying someone's name that has already passed? You know, what, what does that do and everything else? And I want you to explain, uh, because I believe your answer that you put for the person, and you said it so respectfully, and, and, and I don't think that they answered or a couple of, you know, so many people liked what you said. Um, but what is the purpose when, when you acknowledge someone that has passed and either they, uh, they're part of history, they're part of black history, whether it be something that they good, they did good to uh, open doors for other black people, or it was, you know, unfortunate sacrifice that they had to deal with. Um, talk about how important it is to just acknowledge them by speaking their name.
2: Well, for me, it's a form of gratitude. You know, I believe gratitude is our superpower, and if I'm paying res- paying homage and respect to you and your sacrifice, because I understand that every, even though my life isn't perfect, I do I have a lot more privilege, especially in comparison to their lives. Mm-hmm. But it would have never been possible without their lives. I would not have this life that I have and yes. be able to live so richly and so fully if it were not for these these ancestors that sacrificed so. You know before me mm-hmm. and it is important to never lose sight of that because that's where I draw my energy from that's where I draw my strength from and when days get hard and times get hard I, rem- I remember no you got to keep pushing through because you got to make it better for the next generation mm-hmm. and that's why it's just you it's a spiritual thing for me to also to really just to connect and to let them know listen your sacrifice was not in vain we are out here some of us are out here living your uh you know our best lives because of Right. You know, you're sad I know these, this is I live a life that you probably could not have dreamed of for me. Um, and I don't take that for granted. And by going back and paying respect to that, to those people, and you know, and I'm not related to most of them. And I don't know practically any of them sometimes, you know, personally, mm-hmm. but. Uh, we share that common energy. We we share yeah. that common spiritual bond. And once you remain connected, it's like it's like um, being refueled from your source. You know what I'm saying? When you when your car runs out of gas, you got to go back and get some more gas. When your when your tummy gets empty, your st- and it starts growling. You got to refill it with some food. You're always returning to the source that feeds you. Correct. And for me paying respect uh, to those ancestors is constant refueling so that I can continue to go further and try to soar as high as I can and this, I, on my leg of the journey. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important to me.
0: That is so beautifully said. And as the wonderful great Oprah Winfrey says, we are all connected. And we it are. isn't just a basically on the outside because, you know, there's so many different shades and colors and walks of life that walk through this earth. We are intertwined. We are connected. And I love the story on how you and her are connected. And that's why I said, I think secretly deep down, you both are besties, <laughs> but I, I, I love how you, you both have, you know, crossed each other's paths. How did that generate to where you and her did get to meet in the end, the connection did happen between you and Oprah.
2: So I've been a fan of hers since she's been a national figure, maybe even before, because I kind of was like, okay, I like the lady in the color. I like Sophia in the color purple. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really probably didn't become like an Oprah fan until she kind of took off nationally, because I didn't really, I was on the West Coast, so I didn't know anything about people are talking in Baltimore. I didn't know anything about the AM Chicago, because I didn't know Uh, But when she started getting some national attention, I was like, oh, I love this lady's energy. Mm -mm. I love what she's about. So um, I almost had a chance. Well, I met her in 1997 in New York City. That's a whole other story. But uh, basically, long story short, I ended up getting to go to her show was taping in New York that week. Um, Janet Jackson was on. And I was a concierge for United Airlines at the time. Janet Jackson had come in for the to record and i was you know i always handled her when she was coming to the airport and she was telling me about that that they were in town do the oprah show and i'd asked about getting tickets long story short i ended up getting tickets um and i got to meet oprah briefly um after that show and that was a life-changing experience even mm-hmm. in those few moments that we had and then um fast forward a few years i almost had the opportunity to work for her uh, and someone you know someone contacted me from her company and they were like you know what i think you'd be a great fit i know she would love you well long story short that didn't work out um and and at the time that they came to me about with, with that job offer or uh, to apply for it i was like well i'm not looking for a job but i said mm-hmm. well maybe i'll, I'll go apply because maybe at least i'll get a chance to meet her again um so that didn't end up working out but then i kept thinking well why why you know god why would you even dangle that in front of me i mean i don't even I wasn't even looking for, I didn't need a job. Mm-hmm. And you know, Oprah wasn't like working for her, wasn't on my radar like that. Yeah. Um, and, but one of the things that I did when that happened is I went in and I shut down my social media because I was trying to curate, you know, make sure that they see uh, the image of me that I want them to see. I wasn't like being my whole complete self, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the lesson that I learned because mm. fast forward years later after that, um she gets on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. She tweets once. I'm replying 50 times, hoping she'll see one of them. Well, one day she saw one of them. Right. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> your whole world changed. It okay. over responds to one of your tweets. You like screenshot it. You okay. like, you know, yeah. turn it into your screensaver. You like show your friends, you're like, look it. She she actually responded. This yeah. is not fake. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and um then I started corresponding a little bit because I was live tweeting every show like I like it was my job. In fact, mm-hmm. um, Maya Watson, who used to work for her, uh, we had like a Twitter party once and she stopped by and she said, You are over here tweeting because I had a whole setup. I had a laptop, an iPad, my phone. I got devices galore. She's like, You are over here tweeting like this is your job. I was like, Girl, you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's so, right. Long story short, I mean, you know, then I came to an episode of Life Class um and then after that that's where I met my friend Rich Cruz and his sister Jill and afterwards uh we um we get a call from Oprah's office saying that you know if she wants to treat you guys to dinner at her favorite restaurant in Chicago so we went to do that and the rest is history and then she started inviting me to stuff in California and then you know the, the rest is history I'm like it was like okay and then we're chatting online we're I would go to an event, like, I was at, at this thing in um, uh, Washington, D.C. It was the when Maya Angelou got a stamp, like mm-hmm. after death, and uh, I remember, you know, I had gotten tickets because I won them in, like, this lottery, so I had tickets up in the balcony or whatever, and I was thrilled, but I knew Oprah was going to be there and Mrs. Obama and a bunch of other people, mm-hmm. even my pastor at the time was there, and... You know, I just, I sent uh, Oprah a message saying, oh, we're here. If if you, if you could get, if you know anyone that has better seats, you know, we're willing to split up or whatever. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: so uh, she replied, this is going on in the DM, right? Right. And then she replied on the public timeline, check your DM. And so everybody, of course, saw that. And so everybody's going. Oprah's looking for you. Check your DM. What's going on? What's going on? And so uh, I did check my DM and literally she had gotten me seats right down front. And mm-hmm. I and it's so funny because like as soon as I like when I was opening the thing, she said that you know, look for so-and-so, Baba, they they're coming to get you. And I turned up and they were like already up there, ready to take us downstairs. So and, and you know, just little small, genuine acts like that. She didn't have mm-hmm. to do that. Right. <laughs> that was not going to move the meter on how much I love you or not. Mm-hmm. But she's always been so just nice and uh and courteous to me and supportive of me, like I am supportive of her. It's very it's mm-hmm. reciprocal. And so, but that our real relationship was born off of Twitter. Really, I mean, that's where we initially connected. No one ever believes that, but there are a group of us, uh, the own ambassadors initially,
3: yeah,
2: uh, who were co- corresponding with her on on Twitter. Even though I wasn't part of that group, mm-hmm. um, they brought me in after I started having all this. You know, they were like, "Oh, well, he must not be so bad if she if she's talking to him on Twitter." <laughs> And and I'm glad they they did that because it's a wonderful group, and I've formed some wonderful even with the owner. Um, the gosh, we have the owner. I I keep forgetting now. It's the own ambassadors, the owners, Mm -hmm. and there was I think that there might have been a third one. I'm not. But this wonderful group of people that are all in my life now, yes,
0: that she has now bonded all together and calls us light carriers, which I absolutely I love. And so that
2: that's been wonderful to you know keep moving in that space. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, she's just been wonderful. I haven't I'm I haven't replaced Gail. I'm not number two, number three. <laughs> I you know, no, y'all, y'all that. But
0: uh, <laughs> I, I just love the connectivity that you have inside note. Oprah gives some amazing hugs.
2: Yes. She she I'm always trying to get a couple of them.
0: Yes. I'm just like, oh, uh, just and I'm like, no, mom, you're still my number one hugger. Like, you know, when, when you get that that secure hug, like you are appreciated, you are loved. You are, you know, just, ah, uh, it's just, it's, it's
2: just, Walks the walk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And encourages you to do the same thing. And she's very, very perceptive of what's going on. I mean, I remember one time she pulled me aside in a, uh, at an event where, cause everybody, I mean, everybody named Mama was in here, right? All these mm-hmm. A-listers. And I just really felt like intimidated. And I didn't say anything about it, but then I got a like a moment. And it's hard to get a moment with her at those events. Cause if you've ever been around her, everybody's swarming her. Oh yeah. It's like, you know, every other celebrity could be in the room, but half of them was, are swarming her. Mm-hmm. So um I don't know, she must have sensed that. I was feeling uneasy, but she did say to me, You're in the room because you belong in the room. And after mm. she told me that I was like, oh, okay, I, I perked right up. You
0: belong here.
2: Mm." You're you're in the room because you belong in the room. And she said that a couple of times to me throughout um, or or to she even said it to our group uh, once. She had to say that thing at own, But just that understanding that you are worthy. You wouldn't be. You're not in this space by accident. You're in here to learn, to teach or whatever. But you're here because you're supposed to be here. And mm-hmm. that's where a lot of us I think we start to feel intimidated. Uh, because you're like, well, you know, these people have so much more than me. No, no. They might monetarily, they, mm-hmm. they might have more money than you, but they don't have more than you per se.
0: I just took that aha. Because there's times, especially now I'm going into the one year of this of this wonderful podcast that I have, where I have opportunities. And then I look around and I see, you know, other podcasters and other people that are in there that have done this longer than myself. And I'm going, oh, do I belong here? And questioning that in my head, even though that I walked in with confidence, but saw this person has had been on their platform for 10 years, 25 years, seven years, and also has a national syndicate on this, you know, it just have a loss. And me, I'm live from my kitchen table and I'm just like... Maybe I'm in the wrong room. And so that is so good that you said that because, you know, I received that. But somebody that is listening to this that is wanting to pursue something that has stopped them because they have felt intimidation by someone who has been in the game longer or has written more books or has been on the TV circuit for the longest time. Uh, that is such an amazing,
2: beautiful reminder that you just dropped. So I'm taking that gem. <laughs> you belong uh, in the room. And think about it like when you drive, when you're driving down the highway, you know, you glance over to the left to see if, if you're gonna change lanes or you glance to the right to see if it's clear, okay, or maybe mm-hmm. another, another fancy car passes you. But do you really stick your neck and just like stay, stay over here looking in this lane? No, because mm-hmm. you're gonna crash your own vehicle, right? Right. So that's how you need to drive your life. Stay in your lane. Stay focused on so where you go. It's OK to glance over and see what's over here. Is the road clear or whatever. But, you know, the interstate is in front of me. You know The journey, the steps are in front of me. So keep your eyes focused on your lane. Mm-hmm. You know, you still need to have some sort of situational awareness of what's going on here and here. But you can't be defined by it because you don't know those people's stories. You're looking at you're looking at what you see. Right, right. What you see is a microcosm of their the totality of their experience. So you just have to focus on yourself and and okay, they may have more shine or more followers this week or what or, or next or whatever, but you can't somebody they are they can't touch people the way that you're touching people. So mm-hmm. you have a gift, you have a call, and you're there to do it, do it. So yeah, you can if you can't be if you can't look at someone and, and just um derive inspiration from it then stop looking at them because if, 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 it's, if it's jealousy or anger or any other type of emotion other than inspiration um then you probably don't need to be looking in that direction because mm-hmm. it's going to question you and you're going to have self-doubt or or be intimidated potentially right. so mm. do you you're in the room because you belong in the room
0: so good so good <laughs> everybody better receive that it's so good i know she has dropped so many gems so many things that are aha moments. What is one or a couple or several, Lionel, that Oprah has said that just resonates with you and that's basically became either your daily mantra or a constant reminder in your heart, song in your head uh, that Oprah has said to you or you heard her say on one of her shows or platforms. Uh, What is uh, something that just stays with you that she has said?
2: Probably the biggest one for me, personally, was listen to the whispers in your life, you know, when those little things come up and go, hmm, but you don't pay attention to it. Right. And then it whispers a little louder, you're like, hmm, mm-mm. And then, of course, then once the whole, all the bricks come tumbling down, you have nowhere to go, then, you know, you give God and the universe your full attention. That, I was stubborn like that, because I'd be over here trying to construct this narrative, and I would know, like, hmm. Mm, no, you're not supposed to do that. And I'm like, mm, I ain't trying to hear all that spiritual mumble jumble right now. Cause I'm trying to, you know, construct this, but mm-hmm. you know, God always wins. And so <laughs> uh, that's what I've learned, but even more so than listen to the whispers, I I've kind of stepped it up a little bit and I've learned to obey the whispers.
3: Mm-hmm. Cause
2: before I'd be like, I would hear it and be like, okay, I am I would acknowledge it, but I would still try to construct my own narrative. But now I'm like, okay, when stuff happens the first time I'm like, okay, you've got my full undivided attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. This is what I'm supposed to do or not supposed to do. Then I just obey right away. Yeah. And that was probably the most powerful lesson and the lesson that took me the longest to learn. Cause you don't always want to trust your instinct, especially mm-hmm. if it's emotional, like a partner or a person. Yeah. Cause if you're trying to do that love thing, you're like, mm, you're trying to, do that, you're, you're all up in the emotion of it and you know, it's not right. It's mm-hmm. not- you know that person's not And you're trying right. to force it right. to make it right. Right. Which is causing you all <laughs> kinds of chaos up in your spirit. Ugh. Right. <laughs> and, and then suddenly, you know, there's restraining orders, houses done burned down, mm-hmm. the forced proceedings. Yeah, you just like, well, I could have just listened, and, you know, because, well, he or she looked good, so I'm good, you know. Mm-hmm. No, no. But so I say that that to say, that was a difficult lesson for me to, to implement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not just, but the lesson that she taught me was, you know, listen to the whispers and for me, it's like obey the whispers. And like the first time you hear it, yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to hear it over because I know how this story ends mm-hmm. because I've lived that enough to trust it. Yes. Ooh, definitely, so yeah. uh, obey the whispers.
0: That is so powerful. That's so good. I think that is becoming more, um, visible now with us slowly but surely the world opening up i know that you have done you know so much uh, social media correspondence you've done red carpet events and everything else and in 2020 we were put on a timeout everything's right. shut down Everything stopped how did you deal with that because like i said you've, you've been a social media contributor your your posts and your tweets have been on social media, different platforms, Entertainment Tonight, Insider, you have visited places, you have you know been backstage uh, with well-known artists, actors, actresses, singers, and then a stop, how did you get through 2020 and keep yourself centered? Because on this show, and yeah, I talk about sports and entertainment and movies and travel and everything else. I also talk about mental health and, and, and awareness and we've seen it more than ever now with well-known people, recently with Simone Biles withdrawing mm-hmm. from an event that everybody said that she was going to be a slam dunk and win the gold medal in, but then she listened to her mental health and she got all this love and support. And unfortunately, you got some predominant people that have a huge platform that basically said she bailed on on her team and used mental health as an excuse. Um, how do you, Lano keep yourself centered and keep yourself grounded and keep your uh, your mental healthy because there's some people still with the world opening up that are still struggling with that and we're seeing that splashed all over like i said on tv and on social media and everything else and then also with us that are not well known and famous there's friends that i talk to that are just like a year and a half gone by almost two years I'm, i'm still not okay
2: right so for me, like all those wonderful things that you said, oh, well you left out. I also hang out with presidents, but uh, and I'm just, yes. I'm just kidding. Yes, yes, <laughs> he does that too. Check, <laughs> check. <laughs> oh, so Follow me, people. He does. <laughs> no, I, I gotta just that. You gotta laugh out of that. But I say all that to say that all of those wonderful experiences and the the wonderful access that I've had, they don't define me. Yeah, you understand know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. My mental health isn't contingent upon those experiences. Mm-hmm. Now I appreciate them, and when they happen, understand that I am celebratory and I'm glad, and, and I do practice the gratitude. But for me, whether that's happening or not, I'm going to practice gratitude. Mm-hmm. So when COVID happened for the first six weeks, you know, I live here in Georgia. We don't really have pandemics here, y'all know, so they don't mm-hmm. shut them down. <laughs> but but uh, that the first six weeks of um, of the pandemic and the shutdown. You know, people were freaking out, but I was I got into a new routine because I just take my life day by day, mm-hmm. moment by moment. And I, you know, are you okay in this moment, Lonnell? I'm always asking. And if you're not okay, what is it going to take for you to get back to okay? If, you're, if my spirit is disturbed or, some, or my emotions are down, and that's another thing, I, I, I try to get back to the, the center, the level. Yeah, I don't. So like, I, I allow myself to experience like the elation of the highs. And I also allow my myself to experience the emotion of the lows when those moments happen. Right. I just don't get stuck in either place. Mm-hmm. So I'm always recalibrating, trying to get my mental and spiritual self back to the center where I'm in this steady place of peace. And yeah. that that sounds easy, but that's a full time job all day, mm-hmm. every day.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But I know
2: for me, I find that, you know, finding things to be grateful for is the best practice. Like when your life is in shambles and you're thinking, you know, OK, okay I don't have enough money to pay my bills this week. I, you know, this relationship is, you know, as long as you start focusing on all those negative things, you're going to draw more negative things to you. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough money to pay my bills. Now, you better see your bills being paid. Now your your account may not look like it reflects that, but in your mental state, you better be grateful for those lights. Look, I was actually able to have lights this month to create mm-hmm. a bill.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So you know, I, so little things like it's just a mm. shift perception, right? Yeah. So when you find those things to be grateful for, even and it's hard when you're in the dumps, right? Uh, but that's that's the most critical time that you've got to do it. So for me, it was constantly recalibrating, trying to get keep myself in this mental state and turn off the TV. You may have to unplug from social media. It just depends if these things are triggering you. Acknowledge that they are triggers, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and detach as much as you can. If you can't do it, like for me, I'm on social media way too much, right? And I will literally try to detox and, and put the phone down. Okay, well, you didn't have, you had the phone for two hours today. Okay, try to put it down for ten minutes, ten extra minutes. Yeah. Build on it, you know, incrementally. But you've got to you've got to put yourself on your list, right? And really, it needs to be at the top of the list because you cannot pour from an empty cup, people. You've got no. to, have, you know, you've got to have that full cup in order to pour to let the let the cup run us over, so you have something to give someone else. And like mo- moms, especially, like especially like single mothers, not even just single mothers, but mothers who are um, who are challenged to like work in the work the career and then also like raise the kids or be the primary, you know person that's responsible for the child rearing or what all of that stuff you you know you're trying to do you're trying to juggle all these different things and you feel like you don't have time you better make some time even if it's one or two minutes a day when you get up before before all the chaos starts even if you got to set your alarm for five minutes early get up and maybe meditate have some tea something that honors you Mm -hmm. every day and you'll start with those few moments maybe it's two or three minutes today next week it might be up to 10 minutes and before you know it (laughs) <laughs> you'll be, you know, you'll be your own superpower. So during the COVID, and um it was just like, well, you know, if I never got to travel again, I'll still be okay. Mm-hmm. Because that means that there's something else I need to do in this life. If I'm on this side of the dirt and I'm breathing, there's still purpose. Now, if it if my purpose is switching now from travel to something else, then let it be. I'm not, I'm not just gonna be defined by these are experiences, yeah, and these are things I'm passionate about but if they were to just go away, I'm not going to jump out the window. Mm-hmm. That just means, okay, well, look at this and, and look at all the memories that I have. And I can go, you know, I, I can always, I can take myself like, you know, to this, to the Dominican Republic on the beach mentally right now. And then be like, yes, I can feel that tropical breeze. Oh yeah. I think I'm going to get a massage, you know, and I know how, I know how these things, you know, I can relate to them. So I always have that to go back to the mental imagery is very powerful. Right, right. And it's, it's often the place where I live in my my head because there is so much foolishness going around yeah. that you you know, you have got to remain centered and but you've got to put yourself on your list uh, and make yourself a priority even if it's just for a few moments each day mm-hmm. but you got to you got to get into you've got to get into the practice of doing that and before you know it it becomes a habit
0: that has been the difficult thing is where when the chaos took over. People put themselves on the back burner, and they put everything. They and I, it's so important that you said like, turn off the TV, shut that off, shut off the negativity, shut off the craziness. So, I mean, we already got crazy uh, uh, already happening outside. Now it's amplified on the news circuit. It's amplified on social media. And I have learned that myself to put down my phone an extra ten to fifteen minutes because I'm like, oh, I got to tweet this out. Oh, I got to see this post. Oh, I got to do this and everything else. And so. I had to make it a rule to myself that, you know what? It's not that important. Let me take a moment to reflect. And that's a beautiful thing about having an iPhone. our iWatch, is that it'll pop up that little thing. It'll say, breathe an Apple, an Apple watch. It'll say, breathe. And I'm like, all right, you take a minute and just breathe. And just breathing in and breathing out. And I'm like, okay, I'm alive. I'm here. What are you grateful for Marisa? I'm grateful that I woke up. I'm grateful that I'm able to help my community. I mean, and all of that will start circulating through right. during that that brief moment, and I think that is so so important for people just to take a pause. And there's nothing wrong with that.
2: There is nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's essential. Yes, <laughs> it's wrong when you don't take it. Right?
0: Agreed. Yes, <laughs> so, and and, yeah. and people don't do that, okay. and they and they think that. I don't know. I used to be one of those things like, well, I don't have time. If I time, if I stop and then I'm going to be behind, I'm going to be behind the eight ball. I don't, I won't, you know, get caught up to this and and I'll miss this opportunity and everything else. And it's just like, and I know it was just God telling me, stop and center yourself and focus it on me and just, and just take that pause for a moment. A, and and just reflect on my goodness. And, and I, I mean, during the pandemic, was one of the challenging, but one of the best years, I can actually say it was one of the best years that I had because of the fact of the time where I did reflect on me being here, what my purpose was here, but just sitting still. <laughs> right.
2: And for me, I got to be, get into a routine, which was unusual for me because, you know, my, my, my life is just <laughs> pack, yeah. unpack, do laundry, repeat, travel out the door. Yeah. Go. So during the, the first month of the pandemic, I was like, oh, I could get up every morning and go ride my bike. I could, uh, you know, make my smoothie and have my little breakfast and then come back and cook something. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, I got into a routine every day. Right. So that was nice, too because mm-hmm. that is just unfamiliar for me because uh, my routine is chaos. Yeah. Uh, so, but if it meant that I needed to adapt this, I was grateful that I was able to have this new experience or this experience I hadn't had in many, 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 many years
3: of right. uh, getting
2: a daily routine that is the same each day.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I might have a r- daily routine with certain things, but it's not always in the same place mm-hmm. or at the same time each day. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was the beauty of it. And I was grateful for that. I had to find gratitude in, in all of that. But I do understand how people who are um, defined by their jobs or they might be defined by their marriage or relationship, um, you, need, you need to be defined by the truth of who you are. And when you sit in that, all that other stuff is inconsequential. It's nice. And you may attract more of those type of experiences for yourself but uh, do you own you? Be you, and then that way nobody can take that away from you, right? Because if you if you bet on yourself, if you truly bet on yourself, you'll always win. You'll always win. But a lot of us don't do that because we've got you know we've been taught mm-hmm. get a job, do this, do that. You know, no, 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 bet on yourself. What are you passionate about? And then make baby steps in that in that area. You know, in in that uh, in the step baby steps in that direction and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And it doesn't go, it's not like, and, and it's not a destination that you get to. Yeah. It's not like you, you arrive at joy and you just go coast all the way out. No, that's mm-hmm. not quite how it works either. It is an ongoing process as long as you're on this side of the dirt. So <laughs> yeah. just get ready to, uh, you know, to do the work. Cause if you think about it, mm-hmm. You probably don't think about it, but if you're having a lot of negative experiences, chances are you're just doing that anyway, but you're just doing it. You're giving all of your energy and power and focus to the negative things or the lack that you appear that you think is in your uh, life. So if you don't do that, if you, if you just flip that on its head and put yourself first
3: mm-hmm.
2: and gratitude there and try to focus on something positive, even in the midst of a storm, um, you'll gradually see things begin to change and you'll transform your life.
0: I, I've asked this, and mind you, I had other questions, but you don't drop so many gems. I'm just like receiving them, and I'm hoping that it, people that are listening and watching on YouTube is receiving them as well. I, I want to ask you this, and I ask this with most of my guests that I've had on the show. Uh, with 2020 being a difficult year, there's always a takeaway that you take out of that year, and you shared some beautiful things with it. And we're still in the pandemic process in 2021, and majority of this year, we're almost three quarters of the year our way through what is your hope for 2021? Cause people already want to cancel the rest of this year. And I'm like, you, you still, baby, what you mean? You can't wait till 2022. You still have 2021, the race is not done yet. You can't just stop, run the 400, but you're gonna stop at the 300 and just stare at the rest of the hundred meters and be like, all right, well, let me walk back to where I started from and start this 400 again. Well, you didn't complete the 400 because you stopped at the 300 meter mark it didn't finish the rest of the, the, the remaining 100 meters. What's your hope for 2021? And what is it that you, I, I don't, I, two part question. What is your hope for 2021? And what so far has been your takeaway of this year? Because we've already, I feel, there's always lessons that already have been learned in 2020. That we could carry over to 2021 and either make or break them, hopefully enhance them and make this year better in the process. What has it been for you, your journey of 2021? What's your takeaway? What have you learned? What is your hope?
2: Okay, my, my, my hope for 2021 is probably the same hope that I have every year, and that is that more of us really start to own our greatness, right? Really, really, really own the truth of who we are. That is my hope. Because if you turn on the television and you know people are, you know, we're always at each other or we're always in disagreement, mm-hmm. it's like, no, can you just own your own your greatness and, and understand that we can all be different and still respect and love one another? That's my hope that we kind of get to a space where we can operate that way, but in truth. In the past, we haven't been able, we haven't always done it, right? We may have had like yeah. a, a moral code and, and, you know, back in the day it was, but there was also a lot of suppression mm-hmm. and people were always allowed to be their true selves. So everybody's kind of, we were always, you could operate in this, on the, in this, um, more under this moral paradigm as long as, you know, you fit some type of American ideal, right? Right. So, but that led to a lot of oppression you know, driving people to drink and do drugs and all that other mess. So my hope is that yes, that we can get, that we can operate in that, that moral paradigm of you know, separating true good from bad and evil, um, but also, but operate within the truth of who we are as individuals. You know, they're mm-hmm. able with their, with their cards laid out and not be judged and persecuted Based on this, that, and the other stuff that everybody else is doing anyway, but because they do type hiding it, (coughs) so that's
0: why is that too? Why do people hide from that? Like that? Yeah. Well, this is this is this is so interesting in my mind. Just why people why why we do that? I don't understand. You know.
2: Yeah. So that's my hope for for the the takeaway. (laughs) The biggest takeaway is lord we got work (laughs) we do a lot of it we do have work to do yes um you know i see it happening in pockets but i also know that when you see when you see people when you see the light bulbs going off and the level of consciousness expanding there's also going to be an opposite uh, force reacting to that trying to pull you back down into the barrel like a crab Mm -hmm. so um, that, yeah, that's what I've what I've observed so far is that we still have a lot of work to do, but there is progress. But you know, mm-hmm. progress is not linear. So sometimes you gotta take a step up, step to the side. You might be pulled back a step, mm-hmm. and then take two steps forward. So um, I I believe we can, we'll get there. And I have to believe that we'll get there. Um, and it's not you know it's not a, a political thing at all. It's mm-hmm. just completely can we just learn to celebrate our humanity? Yes. And that's different. And the things that we disagree on, can we just learn to disagree respectfully? Um, so that's part of my hope also, that we get to a place where we can at least disagree re- respectfully.
0: Respectfully. And how do you feel, how do you believe that we can just, so many of us, so many of us are emotionally exhausted. How do we get out of that place? How do we get out of that
2: space? of so, How do we get out of it? Yeah, that goes back to putting yourself on your schedule. Now, I don't yeah. know. I have time. You say you may not have money to do this. You know, people like, one of the things I get all the time is, well, I can't afford to travel. No, sweetie. You can't afford not to travel. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um find some, whatever way you decompress, what is, what is, if you had an afternoon to just chill and do nothing, just picture yourself having a day to do nothing. What is it that you would do with that day? Right. Would you go for a walk in the park? Would you sit up and read a book? Would you, uh, I don't know, go for a run. Maybe you might go work out. I don't know. Whatever it is. You've got to find that and you maybe you don't have a whole day to do it, but carve out a few minutes.
3: Yes. Do
2: it. So that's that's so, the only way you're gonna recharge is you gotta go back to your source, right? Because otherwise, because these these forces are gonna be pulling at you left, right, and around and driving you nuts if you let them. Yeah. but if you just step back and put yourself first for a moment and decide, you know, I'm gonna I'm going to demand and command a few moments of joy today because I'm entitled. I can't operate on this day without just like you can't make it through the day without food, you should force yourself. To navigate the day with a few moments of joy you're entitled to it so you got to find something even if it's just for a few moments <clears throat> and that's how you'll begin to restore your mental health because if you otherwise you you can't nobody can sustain this mess this mess is coming at an accelerated rate left right and around everywhere yep. you go madness right so you've got if you've got to be in touch with you so if you can't if you if you can't put yourself in a space where you can pour into your own cup for a few minutes each day, um, then you won't get out of the the mental anguish that you're in. But if you do that, you'll gradually um, pull yourself out of it because we all are mentally exhausted. And guess what? That's not going anywhere. So Mm -mm. it's up to you to change the the dynamic in your own life. That's all I'm saying. It's up to you. It's on you, boo. It's on you, boo.
0: Y'all better receive that. Woo! Y'all better receive that. I'm waiting for this man to write like a series, a play, a coffee, a coffee table book. Like I'm, I'm ready for, you know, your beautiful photos that you put out on your social media platforms into a book with these knowledgeable droplets that you put. No, not droplets, gems. That's what they've been. i learned something. I hope that people that tuned in today learned something from you. Um, where can they follow you on social media?
2: Um, so. Anything three, the number three LWTV, everything is three LWTV, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Google, and I have three LWTV.com also, which is a site, uh, which has um, all the information is there as well. Talk about that
0: real quick. Three LWTV.com. I didn't talk about that. Talk about what your uh, website is about.
2: Um, so basically, it's an offshoot because I had a web series by the same name a while ago and I, I ceased doing that. But really, <clears throat> I'm, I'm curating books. I've said that word a lot in this. Uh, that's my new favorite word this week, curate. I'm curating a <laughs> lot <laughs> <laughs> this week. But um, I, I've got a, a lot of books that I like to share. I've got a book club, online book club that we're, you know, we're discussing different um, authors. And a lot of them are people with phenomenal life stories. Um some of my travel stuff is also there. There are a couple of guest contributors who contribute for the travel. Um, but basically, I want it to be a resource for people to just find ways to be inspired to uplift themselves in their own lives. So I don't have a patent on this joy thing. You just do the work. and You can have it too.
0: Hey Amen. Hey Amen. Why do I need notes? Why bother? I, I'm fine. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> there I'm just it is- saying- a whole word right there. And what is, okay, so that's why I always want to ask you, the number three, is there a significance that you've had that in all the titles on your social media, on your website, the number three?
2: No, so that, no, not at all. In fact, a former friend of mine is the one that came up with the name uh, 3LWTV because I used to, when I first started entering the digital space, I had a blog and it was called Living and Loving Life with Lornell Williams. And so mm. that was three L's were the living, loving life, right? And so that's where the three but then at the time there was a singing group that had three yep, of w, a w. Right. So that's why we added the TV on the end to it. Cause I was like, I like that, but I can't use their name. Mm-hmm. So I to it. So that's where it came. So the three has no other significance besides that. No. That's it. Well, that's the first time I've ever been asked that question. Sit. There you go. I always wondered
0: about that. I'm like 3LW, and it it did remind me of the singing group. And I'm going, okay. I wonder if it's because of that. You know, you threw the TV at the end. So, but y'all follow this man. Uh, I took a lot away from our conversation today. Y'all please follow him. He is on Twitter. He is on IG, uh, 3LWTV.com. I'm gonna be waiting for him to come out with a fabulous book because it's coming. I know that he has the spirit to write a play or a movie because I know that's coming too and follow him because if you think you can't get away for a moment follow him because he will take you to where he's at somewhere around the world uh i know he's got more stamps in his passport than i i don't even know (laughs) frequent flyer miles for decades i mean
2: (laughs) there's a lot of them (laughs)
0: Oh, Lionel, this has been a treat. It's been an honor to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
2: Thank you. And I hope to see you and our family over at Minnie's Food Pantry. I got to shout out, Cheryl, because you know I, that's my- Cheryl Action
0: Jackson, shout out. My
2: mentor. I get that yes, to see you guys again soon. And I appreciate this opportunity so much. And it is always good to talk to you. So keep doing what you're doing. I love it.
0: Thank you so much. And always- Always I end the show with our wonderful friends that are listening. Always, always, always take care, stay safe. Bye y'all.
1: Bye. Yeah. TikTok. I'm just rolling another blind reason me, hurt.
0: Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at HeardThatWithMarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at marisa tigney podcast, on Twitter at LovelyMarisaT, marisa t, as well as Facebook on a social media page. Heard that with Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support.
1: if you don't know now you know all you ever gotta say is Look all you ever gotta say is